Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Geek Roulette. I'm your host, Turkey. Turkey, Turkey. I'm your other host, not Turkey. That that was just the worst joke. Fine. The shortest time, everybody yeah. just shuts it off right away. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We, had, we had a good run. Yeah, we did. I, I, we're recording this Thanksgiving week. I'm actually Mike Spriegel. I am actually John Lundquist, and also still not turkey. We're still not turkey. Thanksgiving, it's, I was at the grocery store today, and it was just a nightmare. I mean, I, I don't try to avoid. That's why I went to, you know, most of the time I'm smart enough to do it, but I had to stock up on some things just in case. Yeah, I don't know. These people who are like, oh, my God, it's Wednesday evening. I should probably go buy my turkey. It's like, who are these people? What What planet are you living on? Plan ahead. Come on. What's even weirder is this, is that... When people go to the grocery store, they always have that like lost look like they've never been in a grocery store before and it's like a weird experience. It's almost as if they had like forage for their own food in the forest or something. They didn't know if the boy like the berries were poisonous yeah, or not. Just stopped in the middle of the aisle with a just glazed look in their eyes, having no idea what the hell they're doing. It's like, "All right, people, let's, let's get the hell out of the way. Some of us have stuff to do and know what we're doing and get out of the way." Yeah, I that's what I I just find weird about this. I mean, even this past week and doing the job I do, I'm in like, you know, various businesses and it's just, I don't know. It's become a holiday that's become weird in the sense that I feel like the holiday itself is actually much more impactful now than Black Friday. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Because you think about like right now, how much is built up about it, about in terms of food, you know, specials, deals. Like Black Friday right now, with the advent of the internet, you don't have to go anywhere. No, that's the thing is I've been getting emails like all week of our Black Friday starts now, you know, come save big, you know, and whatever. Those emails have been out for like weeks where it's like our Black Friday starts on like the 1st of November. And it's like, well, great. Good for you. Yeah. And the Black Friday thing just, I think, just got super out of control. Like I used to actually kind of go back before you had to wake up at like two in the morning or even, you know, like when stores open at a somewhat decent hour, like six or something, but then kept creeping back and back then it was like now you have to camp out for four days in order to get a deal it's like no i'm not willing to spend four days to save two hundred dollars on a tv my time is worth more than that you know we'll talk more on this later because yeah black friday is just a weird kind of thing uh go through the housekeeping twitter and facebook at geek roulette follow us give us feedback on whatever outlet you use to listen to this podcast give us a good rating come on just do it out of pity talk to us about stuff Otherwise, uh, do a quick thing for recommendations. Now, for recommendations, uh, I'll start. What I'm going to recommend is what we're going to be doing our next episode on. Because now with the advent of Disney+, Plus, you have access to all these amazing Disney classics. And one of them... And, and some not so amazing. <laughs> and sometimes you got the Apple Dumpling Gang. <laughs> but... Uh, one in the previous incarnation of this podcast, when it was just myself and I had guests, and it was the Burning Bridges podcast, uh, we did an episode where there was four of us. We were watching uh, the Black Hole live, some for almost the first time ever, some refreshing, and then we did a podcast afterwards. But they got lost. Um, I'm where that's our next episode. So if you want to actually, you know, understand what the next episode's about, I strongly recommend watch the Black Hole. It's on Disney Plus. It is such a bonkers movie. It is. It's uh we probably shouldn't get too into it now, but yes, it's you, you'll see. You'll see. Go watch it if you're not familiar with it. It's it's worth your time. It's not the Here's, Apple Dumpling Gang. The bullet points are this. It is Disney's first PG movie 
yes. that they ever made. It was made in response to the popularity of Star Wars. It has a murderous robot in it named Maximilian. Yes. And at the end of the movie, everybody goes to hell. Or it's, heaven. Yeah, that ending is, is something. You almost need to watch it just for the ending and to put it all in context. Right. I, I would almost say that the ending of this movie is almost as traumatizing as the boat ride and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory, the Gene Wilder one. Not the, I, don't get me wrong here. The entire Johnny Depp movie, that whole movie is traumatizing <laughs> in the sense that that movie should never have been made. But that's a different situation altogether. Yes, indeed. So that's my recommendation. My recommendation is actually what I'm drinking right now. I had to go to the our local store. Uh, well, it's not really so local, Menards, because we're supposed to get a whole crap load of snow tonight, so I had to go get some salt um, just to be on the safe side. And whenever I go to Menards, I pick up my favorite craft soda, and that is Sprecher. I prefer the root beer. It is easily my favorite root beer. Um, they've also got my favorite orange soda. They have, a, I forget what it's called. It's, a, oh, it's an orange cream soda. It's yummy and tasty. Um, and they also do seasonal sodas. They had I picked up a cherry soda today that I have not tried but yet. Um, they have a grape. They've got a cola. They have a cherry cola. They have like a cherry cranberry or something. They've got all sorts of stuff. They're all pretty darn tasty. And the nice thing is at Menards, it's not like an arm and a leg. Usually you go and you pick up your craft sodas and it's like $8 for four bottles or something. Whereas there it's like three fifty, I think. And this week they were even on sale for like $3. Well, so. let's assume that the majority of our listenership isn't based out of Minnesota and that there's not a Menards available. Is it available on like Amazon? I know it's available on their website. You can pick it up. Uh, you can buy various assortments on their website. Uh, I'm assuming Sprecher.com, Sprecher Brewing. They also have beer, which if you can find is fairly tasty. I've had a few of their varieties. How do That's, you spell Sprecher? You spell Sprecher, S-P-R-E-C-H-E-R. Wow, this seems like a very positive endorsement. One would yes. hope that they, if they were to find out about this, that we would get endorsements. That would be awesome. I will take all the free root beer you want to give me. Yeah. Or other sodas. Or beer, like I said. They have tasty beer. So, yes, it's out of Wisconsin, too, somewhere over by Green Bay. It's far away from us. But, yes, it's good not, stuff. It's not really that far. No, not too bad. Far enough that it's, you know, more than just a day trip. you got to make a weekend of it. <laughs> if you're making a weekend to get root beer, there's weird priorities in yes. place. Yes, indeed. All right, let's uh, let's get arbitrary. First and foremost, we haven't even talked about the topic of this episode. This is arbitrary episode number four. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. We just didn't have anything specific we wanted to talk about. There's maybe some little news bits, but not enough to really construct an entire episode out of. And there's a lot of uh, things in terms of programs like you know Mandalorian and stuff. But we are yeah. planning on December being a very heavy Star Wars month with a lot of the things going on. So it's an arbitrary episode. It's the week of Thanksgiving. It is. It is uh, only a few days away, and. With that theme in mind, our arbitrary list is the top three things you like to consume on Thanksgiving that is not turkey. Oh, yeah. I will start. Um, for me, one, I didn't really put these in any order. I suppose it's kind of in an order. Uh, pumpkin pie is my thing. I am a big fan of pumpkin pie. It's probably one of my favorite pies overall. So the fact that it's kind of the featured pie for Thanksgiving is right up my alley. Um, my mom makes an amazing pumpkin pie. She does like fresh pumpkin where she like boils it and cooks it down instead of buying the canned stuff and homemade crust all that stuff um yeah pumpkin pie is my jam throw a little bit of whipped cream on there it's good stuff that was an honorable mention i like pumpkin pie it's also one of those things that i don't understand why like certain foods like that you don't have available year-round now i understand pumpkins are only available certain points of the year but 
you know, you still could probably make, you know, get those pies or at least make yeah. a crappy pumpkin pie using canned goods and stuff. It's, you, you could, but the canned stuff just isn't quite as good as, as the homemade stuff. Well, not all of us have moms and know how to cook. No, my mom, my mom turns into like a baking fiend from like October till the end of the year where she makes just boatloads of candies and cookies and quick breads and pies and it's just, it's it's insane. Well, my uh, what am I in on the list? I'll start with it because it's the first thing I consume on uh, most Thanksgiving days, if it's available. Uh, I like consuming Bloody Marys on Thanksgiving because, well, hear me out here. A day like that, it's always involved in-laws. There's several, you know, dozen kids running around. There's all, you know, these family members. It helps take the edge off. It's uh, if you get the right type of mix, it's got a nice spicy taste to it and everything, and it's a nice way of just acknowledging that I don't care about today. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving is kind of the lazy holiday where if you just want to sit in a chair and drink a beer or Bloody Mary, as the case may be, that's perfectly acceptable. Well, whenever I go to my in-laws, like my father-in-law always has like the, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is. Really, just parades are just hillbilly entertainment in the first place. All you're doing yeah. is watching things going by. You're watching all the lip syncing because there ain't a damn person there that's singing no, God, a no. single thing. You have like, oh, look, here's here's SpongeBob SquarePants. It's not. It's a guy in a suit. It's a guy yeah. in a suit. And if that's what makes you excited <laughs> that you saw a guy in a suit dressed up as SpongeBob, SpongeBob on a TV on a Thursday morning in late November. Yeah. It's one of those things that like you think it's awesome up until you're like, 10 maybe 11 and then maybe you just watch it up because it's traditional and you kind of think it's cool for a few years after I that i never thought it was awesome I, I liked it for a while and now it's kind of like eh, it's on whatever you know we turn it on for our kids and they watch it and now the only thing know. i will say if you want to be entertained go on to youtube and there's two years worth that you'll find of it on youtube they do have the macy's thanksgiving parade from like the late 80s and there was two of them i think 187 one in 89 and there was the Marvel I like Battle Island float where there's like a whole weird choreographed like Marvel battle between heroes and bad guys. Now the yeah. first one is just weird because it's just a bunch of Marvel characters fighting and everything and the Hulk might be a bad guy, I don't know, but the second one they do a couple of years later, they recycle the same float but they make it even worse because I can't remember what musician they have, but she sings the song, We Need a Hero! <laughs> you know, and they have this, and everybody, she's, like, moving around the stage, and you have everybody kind of just, like, bad, like, choreography, dancing, and when fighting. I heard, I've heard of the, this this parade. I haven't seen it myself. They were just talking about it on another podcast of mine. Doesn't, like, RoboCop make an appearance in that one or something? Like, yeah. RoboCop sticks his head over the door and is like, hey, I'm not supposed to be here, and then goes back in. Because Marvel had the comic <laughs> rights to him, and that's why RoboCop showed up in that one. I mean, it's just weirdly bizarre after this episode i'll show it to you just because it's not long but yeah you'll sit there and he's just like uh, anyhow you need a bloody mary to get through that yeah that's not a bad call number two number two for me i went with stuffing i'm a big stuffing guy um don't actually stuff it in the turkey though that's bad news you don't, right, you don't, you I, don't I just want... need to ask real quick do you like raisins or no raisins in your stuffing why would you put raisins in stuffing <laughs> see my five <laughs> My in-laws put raisins in the stuff. That's stuffing. the devil's work. They, they, I don't know why you... No, I've never sat there and thought, man, I sure wish there was goddamn dried-out fruit inside my I stuffing. Don't, I don't mind raisins, and I don't mind, like, oatmeal raisin cookies, but I don't think there's ever been a time when I'm like, this would be improved with the addition of raisins. No, I... That's... They make stuffing, and they never, like, notice that I don't eat it. And the reason why <laughs> is because 
I just don't like raisins. Yeah, I like stuffing. It's it's like you know, well, it's number two for me. But if, yeah, I, I might go the same way. Like, why raisins? What what what's this doing here? That no no stuffing is good. Throw some gravy on there. You know, you can even grind up like the. I've known some people would grind up like the the giblets and stuff and throw it in there for some extra flavor which eh, i don't know about that but you know that's just showing no faith in the product right there but uh stuffing is good stuff i don't there's not really much you need to explain about stuffing because it's stuffing i'm gonna go to stuffing's older brother mashed potatoes as my number two you could give me just an entire plate of mashed potatoes and i will just devour it i'll just put whatever toppings you can on it you know either butter or Sometimes a little dash of like cheese, and it's the fattiest of fat, fat foods. But yeah, it, it's basically just hey, do you ever wish that your starch was liquefied and was just easier <laughs> to consume? Have mashed potatoes, yes. But I could, I could just eat a crap load of that. So that's uh, my number two. My number three is a it's not specific item, it's kind of the wild card item at Thanksgiving. I think every family kind of has that thing that. Nobody else does, you know, uh, like my parents, they do wild rice with Thanksgiving. We do creamed spinach, you know, there's probably something else we do. Oh, wait, wait till you get to mine, which is my number one. Yeah, and, and yes, and whatever yours is, like, I, I feel like every family kind of has that weird item that they do with, you know, as whether it's a vegetable, whether it's another side, maybe they don't even do turkey, maybe they do, you know, I don't know, burritos or something for Thanksgiving, Um. But yeah, I think that that's my thing is the, is the wild card. You know, maybe you know I don't get the opportunity to go to other people's houses very often for Thanksgiving or ever really. But that's I think the thing is just hearing the weird things that people like to eat with their with their Thanksgiving meal, which which gets to your. Well, the reason this one's on my list is because with Thanksgiving we traditionally eat it in the afternoon and evening, and we don't really eat a lunch per se where we're we actually eat more appetizers. So we have appetizers we eat during the day as kind of a precursor. And you need something to help soak up all that booze from the Bloody Mary. And <laughs> uh, my number uh, one thing I like to make and eat on Thanksgiving, deviled eggs. Interesting. Oh, they're great. Oh, I'm not denying Deviled eggs are good. But again, not something I necessarily associate with Thanksgiving. You don't. But if, you, if you're going with my whole theory about having appetizers earlier on, then that makes great sense because... It doesn't go with Thanksgiving. That's what makes it, I think, better, is that if you try theming everything around the whole meal itself, yeah. then it takes away from the meal. You need to have that one item that's nothing like anything else in the meal. It's your wild card. Yep. Sends forth deviled eggs. Deviled eggs aren't bad. I do like a deviled egg every once in a while. Good stuff. All right, let's get arbitrary. Yay. So do you, you go You go to your in-laws for Thanksgiving? I do. Is it... Do you... Do you do you do you pig out? Do you fully gorge yourself? I used to, not anymore. I mean, I have a love hate relationship with Thanksgiving, and my love hate relationship all stems from the fact that for fourteen years I worked in retail, and for fourteen years I would work Black Friday. So for me, for fourteen years or a good one third of my life one you know i never really got to enjoy thanksgiving much i yeah. mean i would go to people's houses for thanksgiving it was so much better when i stopped talking to my family <laughs> <laughs> and i just me and the wife just did a her family because eventually like you know that that was what was worse was doing the two to three thanksgivings we stop at so-and-so's house for a couple hours we go to so-and-so's house for an hour or so also, I could get home in a sleep in a reasonable time because 
in the early days, like Black Friday was, I had to wake up at, like that's where the stores open at five in the morning. So I would go to bed, wake up at three to go help get everything set up at the store. But then like Black Friday came this weird game of chicken with retailers. Like, well, yeah, we're going to open at three. And then everybody's like, screw you, we're opening at 11. And yeah. each year it just got worse and worse. It, we're it, like, it got out of hand pretty quick. Well, I meant to, like on some days, like on Thanksgiving, I'm going to bed like around 7, 6 o'clock in the yeah. evening. And then that's when retailers are like, yeah, we're going to be open the day of Thanksgiving. Like, you assholes. Yeah. Wow. Screw you. Yeah, so you seem to have, like, you're used to it, at least. It's probably gotten better now. Like, my relationship with uh, New Year's Eve is that way. I've always considered myself for quite a while now a New Year's Eve Scrooge where I just, I just don't care. Because I've worked in restaurants for... You know, since I was 17, I've spent so many rest, you know, New Year's Eve doing inventory or working or, you know, in the parking ramp at the Mall of America where I just, I just like, eh, New Year's Eve, I just, I really don't care. You know, the day after, you know, for a long time I did inventory on New Year's Day, so I'd have to wake up at four in the morning to be to work at five to count all sorts of stuff. So it's, you know, kind of like you said, you know, you go to bed early, so it's not, you can stay up till the new year passes anyway. So it's just, I just didn't care and still don't for, for now because this will be my first year not working in a restaurant, but, you know, I'm still in food service, so I'm not sure how that's going to play out this year, but I still really don't care too much. I think that's really the whole matter of it is what external factors make you either love a holiday or make you hate a holiday. And for me, I didn't like not only Thanksgiving, but I also just hated Christmas for a while just because leading up to Christmas and working just long weeks up to it, and it just made you not like it in general. And even when I first had kids it was the same thing it didn't feel magical because the whole work aspect of it so when i got out of retail made it a lot more tolerable it's not still like when i was younger it was always those were always magical moments for me because thanksgiving meant like me and my cousins my uncles going out and playing football and we'd be playing tackle football so we'd be hurting each other pretty badly (laughs) and you know then we'd be playing board games and you know, watching football, and it's it's kind of just evolved at this point where I, I don't want to say that it's become like a holiday, which I would call a social contract holiday, but going back to my earlier statement about how this weird emphasis is on Thanksgiving, a tradition, it's become something I feel that has just become bigger than maybe what it was, and it's such a weird holiday because, like, you could go up to like five different people and probably ask them what's Thanksgiving about, and I don't know what answers you're going to get from all five of those people. Yeah, it's different for everybody, and there's plenty of people that don't even you know that don't celebrate. They're just like, eh, I just stay home and watch a movie like that. You know, I run across so for Christmas even they're just you know, what do you do for Christmas? Like, eh, I go out and see a movie. My family's all you know across the country or whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, holidays are definitely. I mean even outside of just like holidays being different literally for people because you know with so many cultures and religions and everything some don't celebrate the same holidays some celebrate them differently you know even people just within the same you know cultural whatever that you're in you know might not celebrate it the same way just because they don't have the people to do it or it's just not been a big deal for them you know and tagging back to the whole black friday thing with black friday you know, it used to be all right, Black Friday, and it, and it used to be like this weird berserker Mad Max level type thing. I remember there being times just having to have like you know border rails and like security guards, and we're sitting there trying to like herd like rabid animals into the store because oh, I want a 
$300 laptop. And I, then it became yeah. worse because then what made, I think, me more cynical about holidays was that then it became that it wasn't people buying for themselves. You saw people that were sitting in line, and they were buying, like, to, you know, resell. And it's yeah. like, like, how many tickets going to get? You're getting one ticket. You, it's limited, you know, supplies. Yeah. But then you, that's what just made you cynical. It's like just people are trying to profit off this. And then you get those, like, dumb saps that always come in at, like, 5. Like, Do you still have this doorbuster? I'm like, screw you, no. <laughs> it's, five, it's 5 in the evening. And yeah. then as time went on, it's like, yeah, we kind of do because now it's not special anymore because our doorbusters, we had, like, 600 of an item of, like, a memory car. Like, yeah, we're, we're not running out of that. And yeah. So it became this weird thing, and that's when like Cyber Monday started getting more pronounced, and then it's like, oh, all your online deals now. Once again, that's not even magical anymore because everything there's online deals. And... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird this, this these few weeks here before and after Thanksgiving. It's kind of this weird shopping haze of come buy stuff. You know, it's a deal, and it's I don't know. It's just yeah. And what's really sad is that for a lot of these businesses. Like this whole weekend makes up some like like company or store like retail stores like one third of their annual budget. Yeah, which is friggin' insane. It does. I mean, it's you know, and that's all the employees. Some think it's fun. Others, if they've been there a while, they're dead inside, and <laughs> they just don't care. Their <laughs> souls are gone. Right. It's like I. It's just going through the motions. Going yeah. through the motions. Yeah, I'll be curious this year to see how my holidays go. Cause for, I'm I'm out of like I said restaurants, but I'm in. Uh, I work for an assisted living facility, so we're you know the residents still have to eat on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and New Year's and all that. So, whereas I'm used to in restaurants, you know those are the two days you know Thanksgiving and Christmas Day that you can count on being closed. So it's like hey, I get the day off and I can do stuff. Whereas now it's like well, these people still need to eat. So if I'm not there, somebody else has to be. You know, so like this Thanksgiving, I'm working from six in the morning till whenever I can get out of there in the afternoon. So like we used to do, our Thanksgiving was in the afternoon, kind of like yours in the afternoon. We had like a late lunch, you know, early dinner thing, like probably around one o'clock or so. But since I'll be at work, we're kind of postponing that and we're going to do it more traditional dinner time since I'm not going to be getting home till, you know, three or four, maybe somewhere around there. Um, and Christmas, I've got to figure out kind of what the deal is. You know, Christmas day is usually kind of a pretty lazy day. We end up staying home all day, but it's still, you know, a day that I'm home, but that, you know, means it's also kind of an opportune day for me to go into work and do stuff. Plus I get paid more. So it's going to be kind of a weird adjustment that I'm going to have to get used to this year. How about, how about this? Your residents on Christmas want military rations. <laughs> Just put out a bunch of, yeah, military rations out there. Put some sandwiches in the dining room. Here you go. Have fun. Only take one, please classy yeah so uh this past week i don't know if you did you see the unveiling of the tesla truck that camping thing that looks like that butt ugly thing <laughs> not camping but butt ugly it looks like it was like the bastard son of the delorean yeah i saw some picture in it. yeah and i can't there's the my wife's former boss is a huge tesla junkie um and we went to Florida a few months back, and we actually got to drive his Tesla, their SUV, which I forget what it is, the Model X, I think it's called, or whatever it is. And it's super nice, and that was awesome. And if I had, you know, 50 grand to spend on a car, I'd get one. But that truck thing looks, yeah, it does. it's strangely shaped, and it just it doesn't look appealing to me at all. Of course, he's all geeked up about it. He was posting about it on Facebook, and 
he had, I think he had put in his pre-order already, but he was like, yeah, I might cancel it now, but I might not. I don't know, because I don't think it's coming out for another couple of years, right? Right. Did, did you see the whole thing about the, the break shatterproof glass? I did not. Oh, my God. All right. So they were bragging during the presentation that, you know, this is the, you know, a truck of the future. It's going to be more popular than the Ford F-150 and... It's going to be revolutionary, and one of the things they're touting was that it had shatterproof windows and windshields. Interesting. So what he does to prove the point is he takes this like almost metal sphere orb, and he throws it at the window, and it doesn't shatter or break through, but it cracks and spiders the whole damn window. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, oh boy, whoops, and I don't know what happened there. And so he does it again with a different window, and it does it again. And it's like, <laughs> it's like really? You, you didn't bother to maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Maybe before it's like they were just using baseballs, but like he got cocky and it's like ah metal orb. <laughs> and it's like, sir, I don't, I don't think many things. Yeah, you can kind of see like in the movie version of that, it's like, look what I've got, uh, sir. We have we haven't tested for something like that because you know how often is a metal orb going to be flying at your window? No, it'll be fine. We're good, right? You did the math. Well, we've done math, but not no, it's okay. Let's go. And, oh. And then that poor schmuck gets fired. <laughs> He's like, everything's ready for the demonstration, right? It's like, sir, we do have some concerns. Like, listen, we've already scheduled this date. We need to get the pre-sales in the book here and everything. Um, do, what do we have to throw at it, uh, sir? And it's like, we have to show them off the shatterproof glass. Like, uh, R&D doesn't think that's a good idea, sir. And it's like, uh, and he's just looking around. And on, like, his desk, there's this, like, weird metal ball that has this weird business like some paperweight right and it's like ah that's like sir that i advise against like no we can't show that this can withstand like a huge metal orb then nobody's gonna buy our damn stupid truck <laughs> yeah that'll be interesting we'll see how that goes it, it was but that was literally i saw it was a picture i'm gonna have to go look for that video now and and find him breaking windows with metal orbs i was sitting there thinking about that too is like if you had, like, let's say, insurance on that vehicle, and let's say, for the sake of it, something did break the window, what would be, like, your deductible on that? Because that type of glass, I can't imagine, would just yeah. easily be covered by a normal deductible and, like, oh, not a problem. We're going to put more shatterproof glass on that. And I would imagine you'd almost have to be in, like, some kind of warranty or something where Tesla, you know, if they're claiming to have shatterproof glass, that then if it does shatter, that they replace it for free. I, I would think, but... I almost feel know. like... I'm going to go, like, pull out, like, a horrible, like, 1990s stand-up thing. Why don't they just build a whole thing out of the black box of an airplane? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Let's let's not do that. So I, it, I think that when it comes to the future, like, vehicles are going to be very interesting because the whole thing is, is, hey, we need to make vehicles that are more electric-based and, like, don't aren't as dependent on, let's say, fuel and everything. At least Tesla, you know, said, "Hey, let's just embrace the wacky, futuristic aspect of it." Because, yeah, like as an example, like this is like this year, two thousand nineteen was the year that Blade Runner, the first movie, took place. And you look at the vehicles of Blade Runner, and you look at like well, the Prius doesn't quite look like that. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, didn't Blade Runner supposedly start like? This week, sometime this past week, it was like a couple weeks ago. I think it was like a two, three weeks ago yeah. or so. Is when Blade Runner. I want to say beginning of November. Yeah, that's not what the world looks like, but you know that's science fiction for you. What are you gonna do? Blade Runner is just a weird movie in general, just because when you, it's I'm it's a good movie. 
I feel it's a good movie depending on what cut of the movie that you watch because there's like several different versions of it. Yeah, that one and Army of Darkness both have their fair share of director's cut and ultimate cuts and ultimate director's cuts. But I mean, I don't think there's anything more iconic than like Rucker Hauer's like improvised speech at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's pretty epic. Time to die. Yes. I think it's a weird movie when you consider you had like Daryl Hannah and Sean Young in there and, you know, just like looking at like their, you know, cosmetic styles and everything. The best though is like Edward James almost in there. He is a good guy. He's a good actor. Mm -hmm. So say we all. So say we all. Mm -hmm. Yes. Battlestar. Did we talk about that the other week or how they're rebooting that? Yeah, I remember I brought it up, and you were that was like a f- three, four episodes ago. Yeah, that'll be interesting, but he won't be in it though. Well, no, he's old. He is old. What's he been doing lately? I I follow him on Twitter, and he does actually a lot of activism for like you know cleaner water and interesting. But good for him. Well, you know, he's at the twilight of his career. If he's like, you know what, this is something I care about, and I'm sure he's not for like. You you can tell that Edward James almost has done well with himself because you don't see him in like all these millions of like like B movies that yeah. would be easily made fun of on Mystery Science Theater three thousand like that that's how you know like when there's like a guy that has just mismanaged his money horribly and thought the gravy train was never going to end when you see the movie and like oh hey look it's Jake Busey and he's <laughs> Yeah, you just see like that actor. I think that's what I really enjoy the most now. Actually, over this past couple of like weeks or so, is that seeing like the rejuvenation of like weird '80s actors. Like in Watchmen, you have like Don Johnson, and and he's in something else coming up too. Isn't he some other big movie? I think I've seen him in. I can't remember, but even before that, like Quentin Tarantino used him in a. a couple of his things as well with, like, Django Unchained. So it's weird because, like, all right, Don Johnson's coming back. You have, like, Nick Nolte, like, all of a sudden becoming this yeah. thing in, like, The Mandalorian where you just watch him. You have Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. Yeah. It's just this weird. You just see all these, like, 80s actors. And you at least sit there and think about it. And it's like, well, you know what? Good for these guys because, like, they're getting work. And, like, a good example of it is, like, Mickey Rourke was huge in the 80s. Yeah, but then like he got too much in the drugs and partying, and like the whole '90s, he was like a joke yes. and just putting out horrible movies. And then he kind of fixed himself with the wrestler, and then he was in Iron Man two, and I think the Expendables, and then he disappeared again. Yeah, who knows where he is now? But yeah, I, I always find that like fascinating when like you can tell like what actor like oh man you're doing this movie, poor guy, what happened. <laughs> You know, like, there's a backstory where, like, well, the accountant stole all my money, and... Yeah. Gotta be careful with that stuff. I I think the usage of money, like, in the twilight of your career... Like, another good example of this, and one of the things I was going to bring up. So, Motley Crue, four years ago, they they made this huge press conference. And they said, this is, this is going to be our final tour. And what what they did was, is they signed this contract. Like, if we ever tour again, then I can't remember what the penalty or something was on there. But it was this whole, like, big deal. One of my friends, uh, Kevin, who's a huge Miley Crew fan, like, went to L.A. to go watch one of the shows in Los Angeles because, you know, it was their first time ever doing a farewell tour. Yeah, because now aren't they coming back? Who are they coming back with? It's like them. They're uh, they're going to be touring, and they're, it's going to be them, Poison, and Def Leppard. 
Yes. And they made this announcement like our fans required, you know, requested it. And who are us to disappoint you know, our fans? And <laughs> there, there, who are us to deny our bank accounts? Right. There, there's a video. Hell, I should almost pull it up right now and play in the background where just you see fat Vince Neal trying to warble his way through, like, <laughs> kickstart my heart and everything. But this is this is how I know that they're just horribly hard up for money. So what they said was is that um, each show they do, each venue needs to be able to pay the whole production, I think was like $3.5 million per show. Yeah, was a- and, that's, and I guess the breakdown is like, Two million goes to crew, uh, one million goes to like uh, Def Leppard, and like half a million goes to Poison. Oh, poor Poison. Well, <laughs> but you know it's Poison. Well, I, I, it's it's weird, I guess. Between like, what would you say is who should be the bigger act between the two, Poison or Def Leppard? Eh, toss up. I I feel that Poison. I, I feel I Def. Feel- I feel Def Leppard probably had a longer. More substantiated I, I career. Def Leppard's def generally more well regarded, more respected. I think, whereas Poison was kind of. I mean, they're both definitely '80s hair bands, but I th- feel like Def Leppard got a little bit more respect for not quite falling into the whole women and drugs and what have you thing that you know Poison went along with with several other bands. Yeah, I mean. With Poison, I, I think the weird thing with Poison is this, is they kind of almost became a joke in some ways when, uh, you know, Brett Michaels went off and he did all those VH1 shows, like, you know, what was it, the Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. And, uh, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to go find the one I'm out of 16 easily suggestible women. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Poison's kind of the poster child for, you know, this is what 80s hair bands were, you know. I, are they a poster child? I don't know. I think, you know, they've got the hair. They had the the bright pink and neon green colors, and you know the excess that they had. You know all the drugs and the booze and the party. Well, you know that. You know well, maybe, maybe Motley Crue as well. But well, uh, if you came down to excess, wouldn't you say like Metallica and their drinking would have been much more legendary and. Yeah, but I feel like that's not quite as much as what Metallica was known for. I mean, it was definitely there, but it wasn't quite as you know. I think you think Poison, you think. You think the excess first, then the music second. Whereas I feel like with Metallica, you, you you get the music first, and the you know it's like oh yeah, and they were also kind of raging alcoholics and what have you. But all it, right, I got this queued up here. This is basically uh, <laughs> this is uh, kickstart my heart with fat like Vince Neil. Okay, what do we got here? Do we know where this is at? No. But, I mean, and this is funny because the video makes fun of, like, the lyrics because it sounds like he's so out of breath he can't even just get them out. Yeah, I think I've seen this before, part of it at least, where the subtitles on the bottom are the, the weird way he's singing it. I mean, look at him right there. Finn's Neil just feels like he's, like, three guys glued into one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You see all the backing vocalists doing all the heavy lifting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The subtitles really do it here. We're we're laughing, but it's... (laughs) 
Yeti yells, poo, re re now. <laughs> but I mean, he's just like, he's like so out of breath that he can't even get the lyrics out. I mean, they has like four like backing vocalists. Yeah. Which, which kind of, like, he's kind of doing the whole, you know, with the audience singing. One thing that kind of super annoys me when bands, you know, bands play venues is when they have, like, the audience sing, like, an entire verse of a song or large chunks of songs. It's like, I, I didn't come here to hear hundreds of drunk morons sing the song. I'd, I'd like to hear you guys sing it and play it, you know, especially since that's usually their, their bigger hits that they do that with. My hat. Wagga. Yeah. I mean, he's just <laughs> missing his cues. I kind of want to read this along with like the actual lyrics just to see how, you know, see if you can actually even hear the actual lyrics in there because when you're reading the subtitles along with it, you can't help but that's what you're hearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I. At, at what point do you just like lip sync to the whole thing and have like intelligible lyrics instead of this babbling and you know? Uh, what was it? I can't even remember what it was. I was reading an article about it where like it was about the back. Like somebody they were. I think it was like Mick Mars found out that they were using like backing or vocal tracks for some of the concerts. And he got mad until like he heard what like Vince actually sounded like, and he's like, "Fuck it, use it." <laughs> uh, poor Vince. Yeah, at some point you gotta just hang up the microphone or whatever. There you go. I'll, I'll spare you the rest there. But I mean, yeah, I mean I, that's the weird thing with bands reunion because. Like, the the article I was reading about this was going on about how, like, Kiss has had, like, five farewell tours. Ozzy's had, yeah. like, Ozzy's on his third or fourth right now, I, I think. I think it'd be interesting to make a, if somebody made a list of, like, how many farewell tours these have gone. I think Elton John's doing his second one now. I've been hearing on the radio, um, you know, and which bands are the worst at this. This is my lad. This is our retirement tour. Well, let's, let's be very clear here. The worst is Kiss. Hey, I, I was just, just going to say, I feel like Kiss would be the worst because it feels like they've been doing that for 20 years now. You know, kind of like there's those those stores in your town every once in a while that have like going out of business sales like once every year. They have like half. one furniture store that's by the Cub Foods grocery store that was up on Robert. That yep, one always. There's that one. There's another one on Robert Street down by the McDonald's. Or that one actually finally actually went out of business. There, like it used to be a running joke on the Facebook page for West St. Paul where it was like, oh, that furniture store is having another closing sale sale, and you know, then they'd still be open for years after that. And but now finally, I drove by and it's actually an empty store, and they're actually closed this time. Oh, I know. Yeah. Sadness. What are you going to do? I don't know. And, you know, I get it. It's like, hey, what if this is the last time I'll ever be able to see a band live? And, you know, and I, I get why bands maybe don't want to tour because it's it can be grueling. I mean, oh, yes. Like, there was one concert I wanted to go see this past weekend. I almost got tickets with uh, Jim, and I never did. And it was Helmet. They were, it was the 30 for 30 where... It was like the 30-year anniversary of Helmet being a band, and then they were going to have no opening act and play 30 songs each show. Nice. And I was looking at the track list and set list, and I'm like, man, I, I kind of want to see this. But I think the only thing that held us off, me and Jim, is that 
like the tickets were twenty dollars, but then like the finance charge fees were like eight or nine dollars for ticket. I'm like, uh. yeah, yeah, that's how they get you. I think it's almost like TV shows. You know, like some TV shows know when to stop, and some just kind of keep going. And it's like they, you know, every once in a while you'll maybe get kind of a glimmer of what made it great. You know, I feel like bands that kind of keep touring and keep putting out albums after their prime. Kind of the same way, you know, like, are you guys really doing this because you have a passion for it, or are you doing it because, you have, you know, there's a paycheck involved? Well, like, I think in the next month, a couple months, I can't remember when, but it's like the Eagles are coming to town, yep, and yeah. they're, they're but they're playing just Hotel California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the new thing now, too, is these classic bands will come through, and they'll just play an album. It's like, hey, guys, you like this album? That's good, because we can't really perform more than this <laughs> album, because... After after an hour and a half, we get sleepy. <laughs> Guys, it's eight thirty. I don't know. We can do another one. Oh man, I I have had three Sankas today, and <laughs> you got to get to the buffet <laughs> for, for our next tour. Can we pick one of our shorter albums? Nobody bought that one though. Yeah, but it's only forty five minutes long. <laughs> well, and that's what made me mad. Like when Iron Maiden came to town, like this past like few months, and like they were playing their greatest hits. It's like, yeah, that's why I wanted to see when you guys came to town, like. A yeah. year before, but all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it always makes me think of the movie Rockstar, which Rock, Rockstar is such a weird movie because of how... All right, good. Is that the one with Donnie in it? No, Marky Mark. Okay, yeah, one of them. One of them. The more successful one, let's yes. be very clear here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Donnie still does things like Jennifer McCarthy, but... Yeah. Poor guy. But, yeah, I, it was, uh, uh, like, the whole premise of Rockstar. You know what what it's based on? Vaguely. Isn't it like a rock star coming back and basically what we've been talking about? Well, it, it no. It, it's based on, like a, like, a variation of the story of Judas Priest, where the Rob Halford left the band because... He didn't, you know, the band wasn't really supportive of his, like, homosexuality, and he wanted to go do his own thing. So they replaced Rob Halford with a fan that they saw at a concert that, you know, was singing. Same concept. Like, Marky Mark is a huge fan of, like, this band called Steel Dragon. And then, like, you know, the singer quits, you know, and, like, because they saw him, like, him, like, they had him up on stage but during a concert performing, let's get this guy to replace him. And it's like how you get like to be the whole part of the rock world itself until you realize it's not as glamorous as it thinks it is. And but yeah. like he's before he was doing that, he was like in a Steel Dragon cover band, and like his bandmates were always getting mad at him because you know we just want to play maybe a new song. Like no, people don't come to hear our crappy originals; they want to come and hear Steel Dragon. And yeah, cover bands are an odd thing. I feel. <clears throat> I anyhow the reason I think I brought this up in the first place was that you know it's this whole concept of like like it's a weird movie in the sense that like they have a whole bunch of songs in there but the songs don't match up the time frame of the movie itself. Interesting. Like as an example, it's supposed to be rock in like the mid to late '80s, but like they have Def Leppard's "Let's Get Rocked" in there. Which me being a dumb nerd, I am. What year did that come out? That was early '90s, wasn't it? '91. Yeah. Um, and I'm that kind of dumb asshole, like, nope, nope, nope. That's just taking me out of the movie. I cannot watch this. Yeah. So what, what is, like, getting back to, like, cover band, what's your opinion of cover or cover songs in general, I suppose? I mean, because for me, 
I don't mind. Like, I think a good cover song is good is a good thing. I think I feel like I think like Metallica. I feel has done a good job with a lot of their covers because I think you if you put your own spin on it, like your own, like okay, this is a song that we like and that is, you know, was something that inspired us or whatever it might be, or maybe it's a current band that we like that you know we kind of want to pay tribute to or whatever, showing that we're fans of theirs. I think, but I think if it's when you do a cover and you just kind of play the song note for note, you know, the same keys. I think there's so, one. I, that's that's why I hate Weezer's cover of Africa by Toto yes. because they bring nothing new to the table. Yeah, and like there was one a few years. It was some heavy metal band, and they were covering. I think it was War Pigs, and they even got Ozzy Osbourne to do like vocals for this. And it's I was like, why am I listening to this? Like I can just go back and this sounds. Oh, I know it, who you're talking. Yeah, about. I forget. Was it, it wasn't Alien Ant Farm, but it's it no. was it was that same area. Though, I, but it was yeah, but it, it was just like this sounds just like you know like somebody cleaned up the the original version of this or something. Like why am I? Why did they do this? Like, I'm of I'm of three minds when it comes to covers. I think a cover is good if you do it and kind of find a way to make it tribute to it, but also find a way to make it your own and your style of the band. I think that's the proper way to do it. Yes, I think the second way to do it is this: is that you know if you're gonna do it and have it on the main album, fine. I think Metallica was always good when they did it because most of theirs were always B-sides. So it's yes. like, this is kind of special. You want to buy one of our singles, guess what? You have our other, like, here's a cover of this song that you also like, but we're not going to release it on our own. But yeah. But then there's the bad side of it, and that's, I think, where it's either note for note or where a band relies on it too much. And if there was one band, like, I always felt that always, it started out covers doing well, then it became a bad thing until eventually the singer left. What band am I talking about? I'll probably know when you say it, but not, not, nothing I can come up with on my own. Van Halen. They did covers? Oh, you got to be kidding. Yes, they did. Huh. All well, right, I mean... Was this, was this after the Sammy Hagar years? No. This, this is even on like their debut album. Interesting. I've never been a huge Van Halen. I mean, I don't mind them, but I've never really well no delved, in, delved into their back catalog at all. Well, so starting with their first album in terms of uh, uh, you know covers. Hang on, let me pull up their discography real quick here, just to go through because one of the albums gets really. They're, they're a band I'm kind of surprised hasn't gone off and done like a reunion tour. They have. They've been playing for like the past year or two, but now they're going to have to. Stop, because I guess Eddie Van Halen's cancer's gotten so bad to the point that... uh, That's a bummer. Well, Eddie Van Halen's one of those guys that's talented, but he's also been always like a major prick in so many different ways. It's hard to feel sympathetic for him at times. All right, so you go off Van Halen's original album. Let's see. You You really got me, which is a cover. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was one more that they had on there that was a cover. No. Oh, uh, Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man? Yep. Yeah, I think I know that song. Yep, so that's... I don't know that I'm familiar with the original, but... So, hey, the first album had a couple covers, but hey, you know what? It was also one of those things that, you know... uh, you know, it was a kind of like interesting novelty, but then like you have the song "You're No Good" on the Van Halen too. Okay, and that's a Carly Simon song, if I remember correctly. Oh yes. Uh, Women and Children first. I don't think that one had any covers, if I'm right. I don't know. No, it did not. Where it got 
bad for covers because Fair Warning didn't have covers. Diver Down was the really bad album of Van Halen's. Yeah. So that was the that was the one where like they were touring a lot. And like there were record produ- producer and stuff says, let's just do a bunch of covers because it's easy to do and it's well received. Like they did a cover, Where Have All the Good Times Gone? That's a cover. They did Pretty Woman from Roy Orbison. Yeah. That's a cover. They did Dancing in the Street. That's a cover. Yeah. Uh, and they also covered Happy Trails as well. Interesting call on that one. Right. But that, that was a band that like. It was cute at first, but like when they had an album which had like four or five covers on it, it's like, oh, Van Halen, what the hell? You're better than this. Now, their follow-up to that then is they had 1984, but that's also like when Van Halen just clearly stopped wanting to be Van Halen or <laughs> David Lee Roth wanted to do something different than everyone yeah. else. So Good old David Lee Roth. Yeah. How is he still out? How are like, some of these people like... David Lee Roth, I feel, hit it pretty hard in the 80s, too. Like, David Lee Roth, you got these, him, who else was it? Keith Richards, or somebody else who, you know, those rock stars that, like, just seem to be preserved by all the booze and alcohol that have been coursing through their veins for their entire life. They they found that perfect balance where it preserves them instead of destroys them. Emperor Palpatine? Yes, Emperor Palpatine. Power. No, no, no. Yes. Do we want to talk about some Mandalorian a little bit, or do you want to save that for next month? I don't know. I mean, three episodes in. It's a fucking amazing series. It's pretty solid. Um, we discussed it, obviously, a few weeks ago, but I think it's it was something like when it originally was, you know, when it, before it came out, like, I was like, oh, this will be cool, but I wasn't, like, super pumped for it, but it's been... It's been pretty damn solid. See, I was super pumped for him. Like, let's let let's see they explore this part of the Star Wars universe. In, like, episode three with all the Mandalorians. So, like, ah, this is awesome. Yeah. I'll be curious to see where it goes after this now with episode four. will be at what this week, I suppose. Right. And then we'll be at the halfway point. Watchmen I still need to pick up. So, we'll just do a quick recap of some shows we've reviewed. Watchmen, well, I need to see this last episode that just came out, but I heard it was amazing. It, uh, it confirmed one of the things that I uh, brought up on our Watchmen episode. Interesting. I did see the one the week before where they had a... What's that guy's name? Looking Glass. Yeah, the Looking Glass episode is hands down the best episode of the season. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, so yeah, Watchmen's still pretty solid. Mandalorian, pretty solid. I've watched the second episode of Rick and Morty, but I haven't seen the one that came out this week again. Uh, the, the reason the one, that's one of the most funniest. It, it's funny because of just how it attacks, like such a trope. But basically it's where, like, without spoiling too much, Rick gets involved where he tries to, like, get this, like, rare artifact, but it's stolen by this master thief, and then he decides to go ahead and try to put the thief to shame, and it becomes a heist off. Interesting. But it becomes a heist off in a way that basically just makes fun. It's it's almost like making fun of every single dumb aspect of, like, all the ocean movies or any other heist movie where... It's like, well, I knew, like the whole thing, like, I knew you were going to do this, so we did this, and that was actually part of the plan, letting you do this, and nice that kind of mentality. Uh, the other great aspect of the latest Rick and Morty episode, the return of Mr. Poopy Butthole. Nice. 
Good old Mr. Poopy Butthole. Where was he last when we saw him? Uh, he was did at he the get, end of season three. He, he, he was at the. Well, no, that was he was oh, shot in the season two. Oh, that was, yeah, that was when he first shows up. Right, but season three, there was an episode like that was the season finale of season three. See me at the end, where he's like, "Well, we we sure had ourselves a season." And yeah, that's right. He doesn't really do much. He just kind of shows up. Right. Yeah, Mr. Poopy Butthole. They, yeah, there's there's just a lot of good things going on TV right now. It's it's hard. It's hard did to train you, Did you see they announced new, the new Walking Dead show? I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. This one looks like they're going for the, the young adult group. Oh, good. I think it's called, like, Walking Dead World Beyond or something, I think it's called. And it's, a, it's focusing on kids who, like, grew, like, basically, like, Carl's, basically. Like, kids who grew up in this world and weren't suddenly, you know, like the adults have all had to kind of adjust, but these kids are just, it's kind of just the way life is or something like that. So it's focusing on them and some kind of weird militaristic group. I don't know, there was like a 30-second teaser for just, it that I saw I the other day. I just don't care. I, I don't care. I, that comic book did a great job of it, and guess what? That comic's done. The TV show should have not have been around. And yeah, maybe their spinoff has been different and unique, but I, it's... Like I'll I'll use a good example here. When uh, Game of Thrones ended, it ended. Nobody really talks or cares about Game of Thrones anymore. Yeah, that's true. And I have a feeling like that's this is the only reason like Kirkman's kind of doing what he's doing is like I got to keep something out there so at least they still have to talk about it because <laughs> he's afraid once people stop talking about The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead stops being anything. Yeah, which I yeah because I why they're keeping the original show still going and granted it's still very recent but like i think like when it comes to a great show people have been talking about like breaking bad despite the fact it's been off air for several years at this point but yeah well it just had that that's how strong it was though yeah it had el camino just came out a couple months ago which i haven't seen it on netflix which was the follow-up movie where they you know jesse pinkman and his buddies kind of i don't know whatever happens because i haven't seen it yet but i've heard good things about it yep so yeah, I, it it's been a good run with TV at this point, and yeah, it's it's, it's been. I mean, in general, I feel like TV's kind of gone through a golden age of. There's so much good stuff to watch. You have to kind of pick and choose like what you actually have time for and what you want to watch and spend your evenings, afternoons, oh, whatever. That, that and it's been fighting for my attention with like Disney Plus. Like, yeah. well, it's in a Simpsons episode. Do I watch now? Have you seen? Uh, have you watched any of the Jeff Goldblum show? No. It's okay. It's kind of him just picking a topic, and I've seen two of them. He did the first one was sneakers, and the second one was ice cream. There's a third one that I don't know what it is. I think it's tattoos maybe or something. But it's kind of just Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum and talking about kind of like the history of whatever this thing is a little bit and just talking to people who are in whatever that industry is now. Like he talks to Ben and Jerry in the Ben and Jerry's episode and or in the ice cream episode, and it's it's okay. You know, it's the type of thing like you can kind of put on as like a something to watch while you don't have to think too much because it's not super cerebral, but it's yeah, yeah, not not super pressing. It's not a not a high rack. But if you're a huge Jeff Goldblum fan, then sure, check it out. Yeah, my kids are gonna go watch Frozen two tomorrow. Yeah, my daughter's kind of at that age where she's like rebelling against all the stuff she liked as a kid, and she liked Frozen, so she's like, I don't want to go see Frozen two. Pink is lame, and us, you know, so. She's she's cribbling on her teen years, so we'll see. I'm sure we'll see it because my wife wants to go see it, and I'm sure eventually we will, but yeah, not yet. 
Yeah. I've heard good things about it. I need to go see Knives Out. I've heard nothing but amazing things for that. Yeah, that's one I want to check out. That's I might, since I'm off on Friday, Saturday this week, I might see if the wife wants to go sneak off. Maybe we can make a double date if we can get some babysitters. <laughs> Let's be very clear here. <laughs> We're not going to be able to get babysitters. We could. You never know. Listen, I admire your optimism, but it's not going to Bring happen. your kids over to my house. The mother-in-law watch all of them. Hey, and Mary, I just she comes back a broke. You come back to a broken person. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But, but yeah, I might try and see that this 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 holiday weekend because that does look very cool. The castle that Don Johnson once again, you know. Um, but yeah, the cast that looks great. And it's Ryan Johnson. He does good work. Yeah. And a good whodunit can be very entertaining. I agree. My wife was convinced it was a remake of Clue, and I was like, no, it's a whodunit like Clue, but it's not Clue. Clue in itself is such a just a fascinatingly weird movie. It's bizarre. I watched part of it a few months ago because I was just kind of surfing through Amazon Prime and it's on it's in there. And I watched like probably the first twenty minutes and it's yeah. It's 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 good stuff. It it really doesn't get good until you get to like the last, I think, quarter of the movie. Because I think it kind of just plods along. Over and over and over again. (laughs) I do remember that being kind of a weird anomaly back in the day, like when Movie listings were a thing in newspapers, and you had to kind of look to see where things were at. It was like, you know, it's showing at Highland, you know, Clue is showing Highland with ending B, and it's showing at this theater with ending A, and it's showing at this yeah. theater with ending C, or, you know, I think there were... I, there was three endings, A, B, and C. I remember that because it was... I think I saw it at, like, the Cine 5. Or... I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't think I saw it until it came out on, like, video or, you know, or showed on TV or something. I did do you think you could get away with that now doing like a different ending for a movie and showing it in different theaters is that something you think audiences these days would i mean i'm assuming not because nobody's done it since then well think about it like even like uh what like uh, black mirror did with what was it bundersnatch or whatever that was bandersnatch Bandersnatch. which i I still haven't watched yet yeah i haven't either but like it is possible, I think, to have like interactive or different things i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i just I don't think it's suited for a movie atmosphere. I think you need to have it more for home technology to be able to do something like that. Yeah, and I think now computers being where they are as opposed to, you know, I mean, that came out in, what, 89, No, 85. That long ago? Hey, uh, hey wow. Google, what year did the movie Clue come out? Clue was released in the United States of America on December 13, 1985. Uh, Good call. Yep. That's because that's what I know. I know I was at a poker game this past weekend, and they were, like, listing off albums. I'm like, that came out in uh, 96. Uh, that came out in 92. That came out in 93. And they kept challenging me on it, and I was right on every one. It's like, <laughs> that's that's my stupidity is I know dumb things that will never benefit me in life. Useless knowledge. I can tell you when things came out you know, from a chronological standpoint. You just need to go to trivia nights, and you can win, you know, I don't know, beer and stuff or whatever they give away at those things. Poison. Yeah, probably. Beer is poison. But, yeah. I'll tell you what, we've been going on for an hour here. Maybe we should wrap this up. Yeah, probably. Hey, people, we do appreciate your listenership. As I said, arbitrary episode, talked about random things. Remember our next episode, we're going to be focusing on the Disney movie The Black Hole. If you want to also bone up on some other future things we're going to talk about, the Star Wars Holiday Special is going to be an episode we're going to do within the next couple of weeks. Yes, Merry Christmas. It's on YouTube, I think. It is on YouTube. Go watch it if you dare. As well as we have The Rise of Skywalker. We'll have The Mandalorian wrapping up within the next month or so. Yeah, that should be, what, by the end of the year, I think? It comes out. It's coming out every Friday with the exception of the week that Rise of Skywalker comes out. I think it comes out on Wednesday that week. 
But, uh, yeah, lots yeah. of stuff. Star Wars month in December. Yeah, have yourself a good Thanksgiving, people. Just gorge. Remember, Bloody Marys and deviled eggs. Yes, indeed. Bloody Marys and deviled eggs at the same time. Exactly. So, thank you. We will see you next time. Oh, yeah.